Welcome, friends, to your update here on Thursday. What day is it? October 12th. So I've been, I haven't been live streaming the past couple of weeks. Maybe once or twice I did, but um, I'm going to be reworking my schedule and all that. There's still going to be Monday, Wednesday, Friday live streams, but I got to find a uh, good time. Might do them a few hours earlier, and I'll be streaming tomorrow and then next week get back into the consistent Monday, Monday Wednesday, Friday live streams. But, um, Probably won't be able to stream on Monday, actually, but I will stream tomorrow and then next Wednesday. So just wanted to get that out of the way. As for today's video, we're going to be focusing quite a bit on this Israel situation. Very fast developing situation over there in the Middle East and a lot of uh, atrocities going on. A lot of bullshit and fake news going on, too. That's getting promoted around even mainstream media, I guess. Just weird stories. Atrocity propaganda as they call it. Um, and then we're going to look at a lot of other stuff too, the race for the Speaker of the House and a bunch of other, bunch of other news stories that have been the top of the news the past couple of days. So that's that. Let's get into it. Man, so what's going on over there in Israel right now is just atrocious. All the loss of life from all the sides, right? And the reaction to it across the world is just, man, everybody's picking their sides and the divide and conquer. The divide and conquer is strong right now on planet Earth. But let's go through, through some news of this situation in terms of the American death toll. I guess 27 now. Americans dead. We'll see how the U.S. government is going to react to this. Whether or not they'll start sending a bunch of monetary or military arms support over there to Israel. Uh, we'll see what the coming weeks hold. They are sending a couple of carrier strike groups to the Mideast region. The U.S. is. We've got USS Dwight D. Eisenhower aircraft carrier. Uh, and then, you know, it's not just an aircraft carrier. There's always a dozen support ships that go. That's why they call them carrier strike groups. So we've got the Dwight D. Eisenhower and then the Gerald R. Ford. And they're saying that it's Dwight D. Eisenhower that I guess is going to be closer to the action the Gerald R. Ford Carrier Strike Group is going to be a quote-unquote support in a support role over there. But essentially, two strike groups are now headed over there to the Middle East. Uh, in Israel, Netanyahu forms what they're calling a unity government with ex-defense minister Gantz, Benny Gantz. Now, they are political rivals in the country of Israel, but... This war is, I guess, causing some unification, at least in Israeli's government. I don't know if that's for better or for worse, but they are forming a emergency unity government until the uh, fighting ends, I guess, whenever that is supposed to happen. Uh, Israel Defense Forces plan a ground invasion into Gaza. This was yesterday, so... You know how much of that uh, is already beginning, already happening, but looks like Israel is just going all out. They're going all out into the Gaza Strip. They'll probably do some stuff in the West Bank too, but Hamas is mostly located in the Gaza Strip, not quite as much in the West Bank, although they have a little bit of power over there, a little bit of a foothold in the West Bank. And then from what I understand as well, Hezbollah is trying to descend from the northern border of Israel, I think the uh, Syrian border up there. So Israel's also combating some another front up north. 
with Hezbollah, which is uh, allied to an extent with Hamas, but IDF going all out. Hamas's leader and founding member Khaled Mashal calls for a global Muslim uprising, asking for Muslims' blood and souls to be sacrificed for Palestine. Uh, and he's calling for that day to be Friday, this Friday, Friday the 13th of all days. Um, I don't really expect too much to happen, honestly. This is probably more for uh, propaganda purposes. I mean, man, there's there's extremists amongst all religions, amongst, you could say, all groups, color, creeds, races, religions. There's always going to be extremists, and this guy is definitely one of them, one of them Muslim extremists, it looks like. Um, on Friday, though, it'd be a good idea not to be in any big cities. So, stay frosty out there, friends. We'll see what happens on Friday the 13th. The Friday of Al-Aqsa Flood, I guess he's calling it. All right. Good luck. Good luck, Hamas leader. Uh, Netanyahu over here saying Hamas is ISIS. What does that mean? Hamas is ISIS. Does that mean uh, the American government is funneling a bunch of arms over to uh, Hamas like they did to ISIS? It's funny. When you look up the history of Hamas, Israel... I don't want to say created it, but they kind of just let it happen. Back in the 80s, there were some political movements in Palestinian regions, and you had sort of competing liberation forces come up uh, in the West Bank and in Gaza. It was back in like the 80s, early 90s. Hamas was one of those groups, and... It was kind of like a common enemy deal where Israel was wanting to subdue and suppress Yasser Arafat, who was a part of the, I think, Fatah group, Fatah group in Palestine. Uh, Hamas was countering Yasser Arafat. So Israel kind of allied to an extent or just let Hamas build up so it could combat Yasser Arafat, who Israel was also uh, combating. But... So Israel kind of let Hamas, if not actually help them financially in some regard back in the I don't know, 80s. So here's the blowback now we're seeing. Now Israel gets all the blowback from sort of letting Hamas spread decades ago. Pretty interesting, the history of it's a really messy history, too. There's so many different groups and, you know, you've got competing Muslim groups and... Some of them are okay with Israel. Some of them don't like Israel. It's, oh, it's such a messy situation, right? When it comes to war, people always want to pick sides, but it just it gets messy. And oftentimes, you know, both sides have their faults. And it's tough. It's tough to pick sides, but that's what the social engineers of our world want you to do so you can be more easily manipulated, that us versus them mentality. Uh, we've got this story going, or, going around the past couple of days, and it looks really, really sketchy, honestly. Uh, there's a report coming out of Israel that I think was started by Israeli mainstream media, like a local Israeli news station, and then Western media started parroting it. And the, the narrative is that Hamas terrorists beheaded a bunch of babies. 
looks like, I mean, this is this is a really dubious claim going around, and it looks like there's actually no real good evidence for it. Um, Sky News over here, we've even got some mainstream stations that have walked back on it. Sky News, I think even CNN and some other Western mainstream media outlets are saying they're not covering the story because they've not seen evidence of it, or they've now come out and, and took down earlier articles and say, we don't really know what's going on. Um, Hamas denies the quote-unquote false media reports about targeting civilians and attacking children. Yeah, I mean, I don't doubt that Hamas is doing some nasty shit over there, but uh, if you look up something called atrocity propaganda, I was researching into atrocity propaganda last night, made a couple of posts on Twitter and Telegram about it, but this has gone on for a century, for multiple centuries, is that when skirmishes or when wars break out, you know, each side is trying to capitalize on the psychological component, the propaganda component of the, of the warfare. And if one side can make the other side look like absolute monsters, then they have an easier time winning the hearts and minds of their people to support the war. And again, I don't doubt that Hamas is doing some heinous shit, but could it be such that Israel is trying to capitalize and push propaganda to, you know, like I said, win the support, win the hearts and minds and the support of their people against Hamas even more so. Um, and over the past century, in each war, there's always a f there's always seems to be something about babies, right? I mean, if you're going to put out some atrocity propaganda, use the children. Hell of a way to pull on people's heartstrings is by using the children angle to put out propaganda with. Let's just go back to the first Iraq war. Babies in the incubators. Remember that? That's what this story is making me think of, the baby in the incubators bullshit that um, the U.S. government used as propaganda to help justify the first Iraq war invasion, uh, Desert Storm, back in the early 90s. And you can even go back to World War II and earlier wars as well. Babies and bayonets. Research that. Just Google that. Ba uh, babies and bayonets. That was some propaganda from um, used against the Germans. I think it was World War One. It was either World War One or Two, but the uh, propagandists, you know, again, not saying the Germans back then were doing good. They were definitely doing atrocities too. But uh, competing powers will always use atrocity propaganda to drum up support for their side. And it's every single war, every single war. And it's typically using children and babies. So um, I don't think this happened. I don't think this happened. But again, why not just focus on the provable atrocities? You don't have to over-exaggerate. But again, the over-exaggeration propaganda helps them. So uh, there's that. Story came out yesterday about Egypt warning Israel days before Hamas struck. That is according to a U.S. politician, Michael McCall, House of Representatives Foreign Affairs Committee head Michael McCall told reporters he claimed that e Egypt warned Israel a few days before. Uh, whether that's true or not, we don't necessarily know. 
Is it possible or plausible? Sure, sounds like it. I mean, what if? What if Israel sort of kind of just let this happen, let this attack happen, because they wanted a justification to go in and basically uh, invade and invade Palestine and have worldwide support for it. So, yeah, man, this, this, if Israel knew, they probably did. I mean, we're talking about one of the most advanced intelligence agencies in the world, and you're telling me that they just didn't know, they had no clue this attack was going to happen? I've seen in the media in the past days, they're trying to paint it as an intelligence failure. As it, was, it was a failure, Mossad and Israel's intel, uh, intel community and their military, they failed. Failed. Oops. Kind of like how 9-11 was painted as being a U.S. intelligence failure. No, that shit doesn't just fail, right? Something this, there had to have been a few people or, or a group on the inside that manipulated things in a way to allow this to happen, just like 9-11. A lot of this stuff that's going on with this Israel war, there, there are similarities to 9-11. There are similarities to how the U.S. drummed up support to invade Iraq both times. There's uh, the war propaganda, the, the fog of war is thick right now, literally and figuratively. It's, yeah, it's just sad what's going on over there. Um, terrorist attack, terrorists need to be dealt with. But, um, again... The innocent lives that are getting caught in the middle of it. Innocent Jewish lives, innocent Muslim lives, too. It's uh, it's sad. And then the New York Times putting out this puff piece. It really looks like they're trying to cover for Iran with this one. Their narrative, their headline, this is from yesterday, says, Early intelligence shows Hamas attacks surprised Iran. U.S. says... The information has fueled doubts in the United States that Iran, a longtime supporter of the Palestinian militant group, that's Hamas, played a direct role in planning the assault in Israel. Oh, yeah? Who's claiming this? Several American officials, unnamed officials, unnamed officials, unnamed officials. Oh, here's one official they did name, Morgan Muir. This guy is a uh, career CIA guy. Huh. It sounds like they're trying to shield Iran. It really does. This propagandist media. The, this information that Iranian leaders were surprised has fueled doubts that Iran played a direct role in planning the assault. That sounds like absolute horseshit. Totally. Totally sounds like uh, bullshit propaganda there. Um, Israel Minister of National Security axes gun control measures. Implements plan to distribute firearms to the public for security of nation. Uh, based. <laughs> right? Just goes to show it's a good idea to have some self-defense tools on hand and know how to use them. JIC, just in case. I mean, shit, look at Ukraine. All the rifles that got distributed even to civilians. Look at Iraq, or look at uh, Israel here. Their own government, their own government officials saying, oh yeah, we need to uh, distribute firearms to the public for security of the nation. Then all the lefties here in the States 
Gun control, gun control. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. All right. Um, talking about that division, right? We're in a religious no. war here. I am with Israel. Do whatever the hell you have to do to defend yourself. Level the place. We're in a religious no. war here. I am with Israel. Do whatever the hell you have to do to defend yourself. Level the place. Level the place. Yeah, this is that freaking divide and conquer bullshit, man. Bunch of idiots out there. Level what place? Level Palestine? Palestine's home to millions of people. Hamas is only... 30 to 50,000 people, maybe. So you want to level the place. You want to destroy the homes and displace millions of people who just go after a few 10,000 because you stand with Israel, right? Again, they want you to pick sides and forget about all the issues with the side you're picking. Well, I mean, Israel's no perfect saint in this scenario. Israel's done some shit over the decades for sure and all the extremists in palestine is, have definitely done shit too then you got the crowd the crowd that says i stand with palestine what does that mean there's a big difference there's a big difference between standing with palestine and standing with the terrorists in palestine let's let's differentiate that but nobody is they're just stand with israel or stand with palestine well maybe if israel didn't bomb innocent people over the years, then there wouldn't be all this blowback. Kind of like the U.S. and Afghanistan, right? If Obama wasn't drone striking weddings, there wouldn't have been so much blowback. And on the other side of the spectrum, stand with Palestine. Okay, so do you stand with the uh, murderous terrorists too? Why? You need to clarify. You need to be specific, right? It's this divide and conquer bullshit that's going on. Here's some divide and conquer here. Palestinian sympathizers in Australia chant... F the Jews, gas the Jews in front of Sydney Opera following Hamas massacre. Dueling protests in New York on both sides of the conflict. You've got your Israel supporters just yelling at the Palestine supporters. Both sides yelling at each other. Just can't get along. And they're not even in the Middle East. They're in freaking New York. They're in freaking New York. Over in Washington State, same thing. This one was getting a little violent Israel and Palestine supporters clashing okay so pick pick a side pick any side that's all we care about say the social engineers they don't give a shit what side you pick they just want you fighting with each other god damn and then this is weird though so last weekend and earlier this week all of a sudden all of a sudden, this looks very Antifa-esque. In fact, I wouldn't be shocked if some of them Antifa sleeper cells are the ones organizing all these free Palestine protests. But out of nowhere, right? Palestine Action Group in Australia, uh, Palestine Action Group Atlanta, Georgia. In major cities around the world, these resistance, I mean, it looks super commie, looks super communist, socialist. Palestine youth movement, super commie looking. But again, the social engineers, the powers that be, they're capitalizing on this situation to push more division tactics, you know? Um, all these protests bringing up out of nowhere. BLM, BLM Chicago. Look at this, I stand with Palestine. 
They posted a meme of the freaking Hamas terrorist paragliders. Holy shit. BLM Antifa uh, agent provocateur set up all over these uh, Palestine protests. And then BLM Chicago, after they got roasted, they deleted this post. But it's just really weird how all these protests sprung up out of freaking nowhere. And they claim to be they claim to be independent grassroots movements for Palestine, but bullshit. I bet you George Soros. <laughs> George Soros is helping organize a lot of this bullshit. Or Soros agents. Uh, now we're going over to Turkey. Turkey's prime minister accusing the United States of planning to carry out massacres in Gaza. Calling out the U.S. for sending aircraft carriers to uh, the Middle East. Which is, you know, kind of weird. Supposedly a NATO ally, Turkey is. But Turkey's always kind of been walking the tightrope between appeasing NATO and non-NATO countries. So, yeah, stuff's getting weird. Stuff's getting weird out there. Uh, and then speaking of huh, wars, how about Zelensky? Zelensky out of nowhere making an unannounced visit to NATO, NATO's headquarters in Brussels, and he's over there begging for aid. Zelensky's looking at this situation in Israel right now like, shit, my funds are going to dry up. I need to go beg for more. Please, United States, please don't send all your tax dollars to Israel. We need them here in Ukraine. <laughs> Freaking Zelensky, unannounced visit. And this was actually his very first visit ever to the NATO headquarters. It was unannounced to go over there and beg for money. Oh my God, Zelensky even said, if international attention shifts away from Ukraine one way or another, it will have consequences. Oh my God, this guy, <laughs> he really is. He really is terrified of the world focusing on Israel and Palestine instead of his country. Oh, you Zelensky-ass grifter. Okay. Now on to the Speaker of the House race. House Republicans chose Steve Scalise as their candidate. This was yesterday. So Steve Scalise first got chosen during the voting proceedings that were going on yesterday. But today, Steve Scalise lacks the votes needed to become next House Speaker. Uh, a lot of, or at least some, Republicans out there supporting Jim Jordan. Even Trump endorsed Jim Jordan to be Speaker of the House. I personally would rather have Jim Jordan in there. I don't know too much about Steve Scalise, but uh, Jim Jordan, good name. And he's proven himself, Jim Jordan has. I don't know about Steve Scalise. Um, I have seen some stuff from him that looked all right. But again, I don't know too much about him. Maybe there's some skeletons in his closet. Uh, one skeleton that is in his closet that the leftist media is focusing hard on is a speech that Steve Scalise gave decades ago to some group in North Carolina, I think. Um, but it was basically a white supremacist group that former Ku Klux Klan leader David Duke created. Uh, that group was called the European American Unity and Rights Organization. That right there. Steve Scalise gave a speech to them back in like 2001 or 2002, a long time ago. But bad one bad move, and it could haunt you two decades later. And that's what the uh, Western media is focused on. 
you can see there, leftist mainstream media attacking Scalise because of that speech. So, yeah, those that baggage in his closet coming to uh, haunt him now. But we'll see if uh, Jim Jordan gets the votes needed in the coming days to become Speaker of the House. All right, we got Rand Paul here on Fox News doing an interview yesterday, two days ago. Went viral. He was calling out Fauci, basically saying they got bombshells now, emails proving that Fauci knew they were doing gain-of-function research and Fauci knew they were manipulating the virus. In the very beginning, Anthony Fauci knew he was involved with funding this lab and he did everything possible. It's throughout our government. Eight different agencies in our government are covering up their support for this lab in Wuhan. It's ongoing as we speak. Even though we've had a unanimous Congress declassify the information, I have classified, unclassified information that's being withheld from me to this day. Eight different government agencies still covering up their involvement in the Wuhan lab. Huh. Nothing to see here. Everybody focus on the wars going on around the globe. Nothing to see here. I wonder if Fauci retired. He's trying to run away. Uh, Bill Gates investing $40 million for mRNA vaccine development in Africa. Poor Africa, gotta say. Bill Gates, that creepy perverted bastard has been just sucking Africa dry for, God, since what? The 90s? Two or three decades? All the genetically engineered food he's pushing over in Africa, all the vaccines, vaccine trials, and God, Bill Gates is raping Africa, making a killing over there and money too. What a son of a bitch, Bill Gates. But anyway, there's that news. U.S. attorney declines to name those involved in decision not to prosecute Hunter Biden. Matthew Graves, the U.S. attorney for D.C., who is a key figure in the January 6th prosecutions and refused to bring tax charges against Hunter Biden, backed out of naming those involved in declining to prosecute Hunter Biden, according to his transcribed interview with lawmakers. This is a report from John Solomon at Just the News. Big surprise. If you have a Biden in your name, you seem to be protected. Now news about Josh Kruger. So Josh Kruger was one of the uh, leftist activists in recent weeks who was uh, tragically killed. Very sad situation. But we're learning more details about this, uh, this gentleman. So Josh Kruger was the one who was uh, gunned down in his home in Philadelphia in the middle of the night. So the family of the man wanted for killing Josh Kruger, I guess the guy that gunned him down, it was a 19-year-old, and they actually had a relationship, a drug and a gay sex relationship. Now, the guy that gunned him down was 19 years old, but they met when he was 15. So this Josh Kruger was having a relationship with a 15-year-old. I guess, romantic relationship. And the alleged reason that this now 19-year-old gunned Josh Kruger down is because I guess Josh Kruger was threatening to post uh, like revenge porn, videos of him online and stuff like that, just dramatic relationship. This guy's 40 years old, by the way. So he was 35 in a relationship with a 15-year-old. Interesting, huh? 
There's always a tweet. There's always a tweet from these people. Check out this uh, tweet from 2018 from Josh Kruger. The centuries-old smear that gay men are pedophiles is getting new life thanks to far-right conspiracy theorists. Huh. God, the hypocrite always comes out in these tweets. And here was another one. So here's that news story about Philadelphia journalist Josh Kruger found shot and killed after home invasion a week and a half ago. Here's a tweet from him from about nine months ago. Today I learned there is apparently a crippling crime wave, which includes presumably Philadelphia. My house is not on fire and chaos is not raining in the street. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, apparently it was your house nine months later. And what's this one about the centuries-old smear by conspiracy theorists about gay men and pedophiles? Well, turned out... <sighs> crazy. Uh, okay. In other news, apparently Bigfoot has been spotted in southwest Colorado. Train rolling through, and here's a video captured of uh, an elusive creature thing. All right, just squat it down. Yeah, let me see your camera. I'll do it. Maybe it's uh, Chewbacca taking a shit. These people think they spotted Bigfoot. Honestly, I think it's just a dude in a costume messing with them. Or who knows, maybe a guy uh, in his ghillie suit, if you know what a ghillie suit is. It's what snipers use to uh, camouflage themselves. Kind of does look like a ghillie suit, almost. Like a guy just wearing a ghillie. Or some dude in costume messing with him. I don't know. Obviously, you know. <laughs> Bigfoot! Did you have that on your 2023 bingo cards? Uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom vetoes bill that would have decriminalized psilocybin mushrooms. How very not left wing of him. If he even has any supporters left, uh, he might lose a few with this one. Isn't that interesting? Newsom obviously doesn't want anything in his uh, state that would increase people's uh, consciousness or awareness. Isn't this weird, though, you know? Democrat, keeping it illegal. You think it'd be the other way around. Anyway, there's that. Uh, over in Washington, D.C., their election board says that their voting records were breached and their voter data was apparently found on the dark web. 600,000 lines of voter data. There was a group called Ransom VC that claimed responsibility for the breach. They're trying to extort them. Trying to get money up, money from them through this hack. Huh. If our voting records can be breached and hacked that easily, what does that mean for the most safest and secure election this country's ever had? Obvious question. Japanese banks crippled by a systems outage affecting $81 billion of interbank transfers. It was a clearing systems outage affecting 11 of the largest banks in Japan. This happened two days ago, including Chase, Mitsubishi Trust, and more. Left more than a million customers unable to make electronic transfers to other banks. Crazy. They say it was the first failure in 50 years. Yep. Technology is fun. 
technology has made our lives convenient in many ways, but it's also uh, dumbed us down in many other ways. So it might be a good idea to um, just know how to live without those conveniences, or at least have some skills. And in the final news, ACT test scores fall to the lowest levels in 32 years. The average AC ACT score, similar to the SAT that students take to get into college, ACT is a similar test. I took them both. I remember taking the SAT and the ACT. ACT scores tanked from, let's see, what was the average a few years ago? Maybe about 20 and a half, even up to 21. Now down to 19.5. Lowest levels in decades. That's uh, COVID. That's COVID for you. How all the schooling shifted students taken out of class or doing classes online. And of course, we've got all the wokeness being pushed. The social justice bullshit, more of that in schools. Aside from actual learning. And kids not having homework anymore. Teachers aren't giving them as much work to do. They don't want to stress the children out. So less homework. Yeah. Meanwhile, college enrollment declined for three years in a row. That ain't bad. Less brainwashing of our kids. I'm cool with that. <laughs> anyway, guys, that's all for this one. Appreciate you for watching. Tentatively, I'll be streaming tomorrow, Friday, at uh, probably a little earlier than normal. I typically start my streams at 6 p.m., but yeah, I'm going to be reworking, like I said, all my live streaming stuff, so I'll probably start streaming a little earlier. I don't know what time on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but maybe uh, convert the time zones. Let's see, 5 Eastern, 5 to 6 Eastern, so a few hours earlier than normal. But we'll see. I'll, I'll uh, just give me a few days. I'll get back into a good live stream routine and uh, be working on some Substack articles this weekend. Thank you, friends, for following me on Locals, too. Link below for that. And I will see you uh, hopefully tomorrow. Thanks for watching. Take care, everybody. Till next time.